Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. The righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience continue yep. in some well-doing seat, nope. for glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. You an African American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yeah. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yeah. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yeah. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' expose them? Yeah. yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yeah. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to mine? Yeah. Do you follow these laws?
from. You got to choose one, who you gonna choose the most. I heard it's hard to choose, two sides to choose from. You got to choose one, who you gonna choose, who you gonna choose. Got to choose. Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. Alright, 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 alright. Shalom and good morning. Baba Fatuwab in the ancient Hebrew in the ancient Hebrew sayings for for good morning. Yahweh, Bahashem, Yahweh Shai Brook Thumb to the twelve tribes worldwide. To Judah, Benjamin, Levi, Simeon, Zebulun, Ephraim, Manasseh, Gad, Reuben, Ashna, Dalian, Issachar. Shalom, shalom, shalom to the so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, Seminole Indians, Argentinians, Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, and Mexicans um, uh, here in, in uh, North, Central, and South America. Shalom, shalom, and greetings to, and again, to all 12 tribes that are scattered worldwide, that we've been scattered to every nation, every quarter, and, uh, every part of this earth. Shalom, 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 shalom. It is Mashaba. Um, and you have reached the ISBHBK Bible Talk podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The ISBHBK Bible Talk uh, podcast is Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to about noon. Sometimes we go about 1230 um, Central Standard Time. That's Monday through Thursday. Um, you got me on Mondays um, with just, you know, whatever topics we might be going over. Uh, as I, I do a lot of series, and, and, and we really um, kind of slow down the scriptures, kind of slow down um, um, and really kind of delve into, you know, and, and really draw out a lot of stuff that's in the scriptures. Um, so that's you got me on Mondays. Uh, then you got Tazapah Tuesdays. My brother Tazapah, the priest, the coach, the brother, the uh, the uncle, uh, the therapist, the the the, the, the guy. Uh, Tazapah for Tazapah Tuesdays. Uh, then I come back on Wednesdays. Um, uh, continue my series of whatever might be going over, whatever topic we're going over. Then we come back on Thursdays. Or uh, uh, Tazapah has Tazapah Thursdays where he does um, for your information, where uh, he takes uh, questions that he, that he gets from 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 the listeners or what have you, and he uh, and he goes into the scriptures and really uh, brings up the class to be able to answer people's questions that they might have. So that's every Thursday right, for uh, uh, FYI Thursdays. Some great classes, some great classes. Please check them out. He's doing a wonderful job with that. And then, as you know, we got um, uh, uh, Friday nights uh, with, uh, with the brother Brother Bride with Friday night Friday night Bible breakdowns with Brother Bride. That starts at 7 p.m. Brother and sister, that starts at 7 p.m. and goes from uh, 7 to 9. Sometimes uh, we get a little bit start, started late. Um, they might start at 8 p.m. But for the most part, we're trying to keep them right at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, uh, going to 9 p.m. with Friday night. Uh, uh, Bible breakdowns with the brother Bada Bada. Then we come back on Sunday. Right? We, come back, we come back on Sunday, not with Bible talk, but we do have a paleo Hebrew class that we do every Sunday uh, that we do on Google Meet. And we're looking at at, at, at one of uh, get this switched over to uh, uh, to YouTube. But right now we do Google Meet uh, for the paleo Hebrew. And uh, if you, you would like to, uh, to join the Google Meet uh, live uh, class that we do, uh, text me. Let me know that you'd like to. Uh, uh, get into the, the Hebrew class, and I can add you to the list. So you can be invited to uh, our Google Meet class that we do every Sunday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Um, or if you're in the San Antonio area, uh, come by the event center. 
you know, come by the event center, um, which is located on the second floor of uh, Rolling Gold Mall in, in the former Sears wing of the mall, the far south end of the mall, uh, right in front of the remote control uh, race car tracks. They're at the mall on the second floor. And again, we're there um, every every Sunday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, come and check us out if you want to learn the ancient Hebrew. Now, we'll, we'll be glad to have you. Uh, being a part of the ISBHBK, which is the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge Network of Schools. Uh, we do have schools in, in San Antonio, in Houston, in Norfolk, and in Rochester. Our school in San Antonio is located at 4444 Walsham, street number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. And the brothers you want to contact there uh, for any information or donations or, or uh, classes uh, for our, uh, our school here in San Antonio called the Sport of Truth, you want to contact the brother of war um, at 210-862-2643 or the brother Shamshuan at area code 505 uh, 387-9609. Our classes here in, in San Antonio are held every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then again on Saturdays starting at 10 a.m. for, for uh, Sabbath class on Saturdays. Um, uh, you can also catch them on ISBH, on YouTube channel, ISBHBK uh, San Antonio. That's the ISBHBK San Antonio on YouTube. If you'd like to help support our school, and keep our school going, running here in San Antonio. Uh, we invite you to check out uh, Eastern Fragrances uh, and uh, On The Mark Moving, which are both located also at Roland Rose Mall. Eastern Fragrances is a kiosk right in front of the Shoe Palace uh, in between the Great American Food Company and the uh, elevators going up to the food court. Uh, we have a kiosk there selling you the, um, uh, uh, the greatest and best fragrance oils, uh, cologne oils uh, on the planet. Uh, the, the brothers will do you a, a good job. You can do a custom mix or uh, get your ladies in your creeds, your uh, uh, Bonda Menines, your Dolce Gabbana's, your Versace's, your, your uh, uh, Aqua de Gio. They got you. Uh, old school, cool water. If you want to go there, it's the pure oil uh, without the alcohol, without the water and all the chemicals. Uh, you definitely want to check it out. Uh, eat your fragrances. Uh, again, proceeds from there help, uh, help support the school. Uh, here in San Antonio, and On The Mark Moving. On The Mark Moving is a moving company that is licensed, insured, and bonded. If you have any moving needs, they can take care of you. No jobs too big, no jobs too small. They take care of you, and their packages are very affordable and priced very reasonable, and you're going to get good quality moves, good professional moves uh, that they take care of. And if you even need help packing, they have, they have a service where they can even help you pack whatever you need packed up so that it, it can be moved with the, in, with the safest, and and most secure way uh, for what you got going on. So contact Anamart Moving for any moving needs you have, apartments, businesses, uh, houses, uh, uh, storage, garage, you name it, they take care of you. And that's Anamart Moving. And, again, proceeds from Anamart Moving go to help keep the school going here in San Antonio. Uh, so please, uh, please help support the school here in San Antonio uh, by checking out Eastern Fragrances or Anamart Moving. All right, for our schools in Houston, uh, Houston, Norfolk, and Rochester. Uh, they're connected through isbhbk.com. You can check, uh, please go to isbhbk.com, um, and you find we have businesses there called uh, Sweet Ambiance, Chosen Creations, and Israelware. Um, uh, Chosen Creations uh, can give you the greatest, nicest um, in home decor or, or, or custom-made grave jewelry. If you want to get your get your your your, your Hebrew culture up and awareness up, check out Chosen Creations. On the website, they really got some great stuff. I think it really hooked you up from the engraved 
um, uh, Ten Commandments, the engraved Lord's Prayer in the ancient Hebrew. Um, uh, they can put it on. Uh, they can engrave whatever you have: um, uh, glass, metal, leather. They they can do it for you if you want something custom made. Check them out. Prices are very reasonable. They can hook you up. And again, proceeds from there do help keep the schools going in Houston, uh, Norfolk, and Rochester. It was uh, Screen Ambiance. Screen Ambiance is set up uh, to where you can get custom made uh, oils, just like with um, uh, Easter fragrances. But uh, Sweet Ambiance also hand makes uh, um, soaps, lotions, uh, beard oils, and candles. So you want to check out uh, Chosen Creations, uh, Sweet Ambiance, I'm sorry, on the website at isbhbk.com, uh, and they can really, you, you will enjoy that you did. And you can get a subscription started that will help um, you can keep up with the latest fragrances uh, for the home, for the body, or, or, or whatever mood you have going on as well as help support the schools in Houston, in Norfolk, and in uh, Rochester. And then, of course, there's Israel Wear. Any garments you need for men, women, and children from head to toe, they can take care of you, and you can start a subscription there also. And, again, that helps uh, keep our schools going in Houston, uh, Norfolk, and Rochester. Our school in Houston, if you'd like to visit it or check it out, is located at 231 FM Road 1092, uh, Stafford, Texas, 77477. Um, and they have classes. Uh, you can view them um, on Monday, Wednesday, Mondays and Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then on Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, and then on Saturdays, they have the Sabbath service um, uh, starting at 10 a.m. If you'd like to contact uh, uh, our school in, in Houston, reach out to Priest Quattazop. Reach out to Priest Quattazop at area code 303 303-557-8979. Uh, for any information, uh, any questions you might have about our school there in Houston, or any donations you might like to, like to make, uh, uh, please contact Priest Quattazop at area code 303-557-8979. Uh, for our school in Norfolk, uh, it's located at 2610 Granby Street in Norfolk, Virginia, at 23517 there in Norfolk. Um, if you'd like to check out their classes, uh, go to Facebook and uh, go to IS, uh, Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge, um, every Tuesday and Thursday, starting at 10 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you will take out our classes um, from our Norfolk location uh, in Norfolk. And then you can check them out on Fridays at ISBHBK um, Norfolk. Uh, and then on Saturdays, um, ISBHBK Norfolk also, starting at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time for our school there in, Nor- in Norfolk. Uh, for any questions or comments or or um, uh, anything that you have going on in Norfolk, please contact Priest Kazakia at area code 757-300-4047. Um, and also, I forgot to say, uh, for our Houston camp, again, you can also reach them on Mondays and Wednesdays on uh, ISVHBK Houston YouTube as well, okay? Um, and then for our school in Rochester. Our school in Rochester is located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, suite number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606. Uh, the priest to contact there in, in our, our school, which is, is up and coming and, and really starting to grow, is uh, Priest Zion. And you can reach him at area code 757-762-3917. And if you'd like to view the classes going on in, in Rochester, uh, they're on YouTube at ISBHBK Rochester every Tuesday and Thursday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And again, on Saturdays, starting at 10 a.m. Uh, and again, that's for our schools in Houston, Norfolk, and Rochester. We ask you to uh, check them out. And please uh, show support by going to isbhbk.com and, and supporting the businesses, Chosen Creations, uh, Screen Ambiance, 
and uh, Israel wears. If you're in the Albuquerque area, we invite you to uh, contact your brother, Aisha Whitezer, at area code 505-218-4218 for uh, anything going on in Albuquerque to congregate for questions for um, uh, any, any counsel you might need. Uh, check out the brother, Aisha Whitezer, area code 505 218 All right. Um, and also for uh, not to forget, uh, here in San Antonio at Berlin Morse Mall as well, is a uh, EL Pure Therapy. Our EL Pure Therapy is located in the J.C. Penny Wing of the mall, which is directly diagonal from uh, H&M Clothing Store. All right, uh, uh, EL Pure Therapy provides um, some of the best products, handmade products as far as bath or uh, bath salts, bath bombs, um, uh, handmade custom, uh, handmade soaps, uh, handmade lotions where you can have a custom cre- a fragrance created for you, and they can infuse it in a soap, in a lotion, uh, in incense, if that's what you choose, if, if that's what your choice is, uh, in a bath bomb or bath salt, if you choose to. They also provide and have some of the greatest and the nicest uh, CBD oil-infused uh, creams, gummies, tinctures, and roll-ons. Uh, so check out uh, EO Pure Therapy uh, for sugar scrubs, salt scrubs, Anything dealing with skincare, check out EO Pure Therapy. Uh, go see the brother Gabar Kawal or the sister Kwadashaya. They're at EO Pure Therapy. Um, again, located at the Rolling Oaks Mall uh, in the JCPenney wing of, of the mall. They're the diagonal from the H&M clothing store. Uh, they're in the mall. Right? Uh, tell them a Shabbat sent you. <laughs> All right? Tell them a Shabbat sent you. All right, cool. With that, brothers and sisters, um, one thing I like to do uh, uh, with our classes, or well, with my classes, is uh, I've been compiling a prayer list uh, for, for brothers and sisters that, that need prayer. And matter of fact, there's someone I forgot to add. Let me add them now. Let me get it on here. Um, I meant to do I meant to do this a couple of days ago, uh, but I didn't. So please forgive me. And brother, I'm going to make sure I get his name right now. Forgive me, y'all. Forgive me. I should have did this earlier. I, I, I just forgot. I lost it. Let me see here. But I'm going to add this right now. I'm going to add this right now. So as I'm saying, forgive me, forgive me for the, for the, the, the lay right there. Uh, but I'm compiling a prayer list for I'm compiling a prayer list and asking our brothers and sisters uh, to uh, send up prayers for for the people on this prayer list uh, that just need some prayer. Right? They need some prayer. Uh, it says the prayer of the righteous availeth much. And as long as I've been been in this knowledge and in this truth, uh, the prayers of the righteous really do avail much. It, 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 they really do help. I, I've seen. Uh, 
I don't want to take it to the point of miracles, but I do want to say the glory of God, the power of God. I've seen it work uh, through prayer when, when we unite and we come together and we send our prayers. I have seen, I've seen uh, healing. I've seen people come from the brink of death. I've seen people uh, come through a, a lot of, of uh, afflictions and a lot, a lot of, um, um, of travail that they might be going through, and the power of prayer does work. Right. The power of prayer does work. So, with that being said, um, as I, I, uh, we, we go over these names, uh, I ask you that, uh, to remember uh, these names, uh, write them down, or add them to your, your prayers as well. Uh, um, when you're in your private, your, your closet, your chamber, whatever, and you send a prayer to everybody, please add these names to your list. All right? So, um, I'm going to say the most high in the name of Christ. Uh, please listen to us now, right now. Please send uh, Michael and the holy angels to watch over to bless, to heal, to protect, to strengthen, to help, to guide. Now, please take away all evil, all evil people, all evil spirits, all sicknesses, all guile, and all malice from Sahawam uh, Racha and Sister Waradaya, from the brother John Spann, uh, from uh, Miss Catherine, otherwise known as Ma Dukes, uh, from uh, Becky and Daryl, uh, from the entire Lovett family, from the entire Coates family, uh, from uh, Kazakia's family, uh, and his wife, uh, Shawashana, uh, from the sister Anagashia, uh, from the brother Sawam Mayam, Mayam uh, in Houston, uh, from the brother uh, Wes Beverly, also known as Sawam here in San Antonio, from the sister Ayana uh, Banas Mayunyan, the wife of a Warner Ayer, uh, from the special needs children, uh, Father um, Cece, uh, Isa Lee, and uh, uh, the little girl Aliyah. Uh, from Taz, uh, Father, we ask you to uh, watch over Tazapa and, and his family. Um, and, and Rapa, Father, we lift up uh, his son Rapa to you as well. Uh, the brother Kudaskabar uh, here in San Antonio. Uh, to the brother Yanamathan up in Albuquerque. To the brother Sham Kudash uh, there in Florida. And the brother uh, Gabar Gad also in Florida. Uh, to the uh, sister Ruthie Mae Johnson uh, in, in Florida. Gabar uh, Gabar Gad's. Um, uh, mother-in-law, the sister, uh, to the wife of uh, Bonabat, the sister Quadashaya, Father. And we also ask you, Father, uh, to watch over uh, Pat Washington. And Father, we ask all these names that you, um, we ask for all these, all these people in the name of your son, our Lord, um, uh, Yahweh Shai. Uh, thank you always. The water from Yad. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters. So, got the, all the announcements out of the way. And I'm getting a little better with that. <laughs> I'm getting a little better with that uh, as far as the time is going. Um, uh, I guess one, one more uh, add-on is if you'd like to help out our, 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 our podcast uh, that we do uh, here at ISBHBK uh, Bible Talk, we are, we are taking donations um, at, on Cash App, at Mashaba on Cash App, and also if you Google Wallet at Mashaba, um, uh, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, 575 at gmail.com. So anything you can do to help donate and help us keep this going, it is really, really, truly appreciated um, to help, 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 help us keep us going. Uh, and we say thank you for that as well. All right. So with that being out the way, brothers and sisters, uh, what I want to do right now, I'm going to take this a quick intermission. Um, I'm going to take a quick intermission. I've started a new uh, uh, herbal program, so I need I need to take a quick intermission, and when we get back, we want to go ahead and continue on with part ten 
of, of uh, the series that we're doing of denying Christ. And brothers and sisters, let me say this. Uh, uh, I'm saying it when I come back from the break. You know what? Forget, forget the break. I, I'm, I'm, let's go ahead and go into this. One thing I hope everybody is getting from this series that we're going over, um, and I know it, it can be shocking to a lot of uh, new people, and it can be a, abrupt uh, for a lot of people, and even abrasive. What I hope and what I've not really mentioned is that from the emotions that we feel, if I can say it like this, from the, the different emotions, like as we studied Christ, um, being the Passover, and what that meant from uh, as as the Catholic Church or the Church teaches about communion. I know Baptist Church does it also. Teach about, about communion, even though the word communion is nowhere in the Bible. Uh, but that, that Christ um, on the night of the Last Supper, which happened to be the Passover, that He took the bread and break it. And if you remember what He said, He said, "I know one of y'all is going to betray me." I know I'm going to be betrayed, um, but this is my body. I'm breaking it for you. And then later on uh, uh, in the dinner, you know, he was still on his mind. He came back and, and said, I know one of y'all is going to betray me. One of y'all is, 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 is going to betray me. But this is my blood. Take, take this wine and drink because this is my blood. I'm going to shed it for you. I'm going to go through this for, for you that the example he gave in that, we really went through that whole series about the mind of Christ. If you want to check it out at ISDHBK, um, uh, blog talk, I'm sorry, www.blogtalkradio.com. Uh, uh, go to the search box, type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, and you'll be able to find that series of, uh, that we started on the mind of Christ and Christ being the Passover. So extensive. That was like 21-part series that we went over, really diving into what type of emotions and the, and the mind and, and what was happening with Christ about being betrayed, being, being, um, uh, being abandoned, uh, being um, uh, the, the feelings that he was facing, the, the, of not really wanting to go through it and, and what he had to face and having to be that example and, and, and not using his power um, to stop what, uh, what was going, but having to almost voluntarily go through it and not taking matters into his own hands. Uh, but the feelings that he had to face um, and not being tempted to take matters into his own hands. That, that's one thing we really examined um, and was really checking out and really, really trying to absorb and really draw out the things that, that he was going through as a man uh, and his humanity and, and, and what that really uh, entailed. You know, uh, we went and studied uh, the physical a physician um, uh, examines the crucifixion, where physicians, doctors, actually went through uh, the crucifixion and what the physically Christ would have been going through and his, the physical torture um, of, of what was happening. We really went through that extensively, which led us to the series uh, to deny Christ. And as we, again, reflecting on what Christ went through, um, to leave us an example when we read First Peter uh, chapter 2 verse 19 uh, through the end that Christ went through those things to give us an example that if we're following him handle it the same way he handled it that when we're faced with betrayal faced with, with abandonment 
faced with the the the, the choice to I'm going to relieve I'm going to take matters in my own hands and I'm not going to let this happen to me I ain't going to let that happen to me I'm going to I'm going to do what I can uh, just to stop it I'm not going to suffer and for the example Christ gave us Christ chose rather to suffer uh, not to go ahead and take matters in his own hands because as we've gone over many series um, the book of Judges where we was going over uh, salvation uh, and, the, and the different saviors that the Lord God gave uh, the Israelites, that each time the Israelites went in captivity is because we really got to this thing where it was all about us. It was all about how we felt. And it was about greed. Even though we were living in the promised land and the father was trying to teach the, the Israelites about love your neighbors and love yourself. Um, and that there was no need to steal because everybody was provided the same. But we had this thing in our mind where, you know, I got to be better than you. I got to be over you. I got to be boasting. I got to be, I need to have something over you to boast that I'm more righteous than you, I'm better than you, I'm greater than you, or what have you. That we see, which is still evident with our people today, um, that it's all about keeping up with the Joneses. It's all about uh, the image. It's all about uh, living in the world. Uh, like like uh, our brother John told us in First John, uh, that the love not the things that are in the world, um, the, the pride of life, um, uh, the, just and boasting in those type of things, that's not of God, but that's of the devil. That he told us that because you look at the history of Israelites, that's how we've been living. That's every time we went in captivity. That America is not our first captivity. The slave ships that we came here um, is not our first captivity, our first oppression. That going all the way to the book of Judges, the sixth book of the Bible, the I'm sorry, the seventh book of the Bible, that as soon as Joshua was dead um, and leading us into uh, what was uh, pre- before the land of Canaan, that became the land of Israel, that as soon as he was dead, we was going after greed. We, we, we had to have more. And that's what led us to the worship of other gods, other idols, agricultural gods, sexual gods, so that we could have more increase, so we could have more, just have more. That, that was our mindset, and that's the mindset we kept. And that's what led us into a more severe captivity, um, that we were being oppressed in the promised land. Um, and to finally get to the point where because of just our always feeding into our emotions, always feeding into our feelings, that it got so bad that we finally had to be kicked out of the promised land. Um, first to 722 B.C. Uh, under the Assyrian captivity. And the Brother of Paul has, has, has been going over this, these things extensively. So, again, another chance to give me another plug, another time, chance to plug in. Uh, Please check out uh, IS3K Bible Talk on iHeartRadio Podcast, on uh, iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, or even Podcast Addict. Or going to www.blogtalkradio.com uh, forward slash Mashaba and go check out the series uh, that, that have been done. Um, excellent, excellent uh, historical research that's been uh, put together with, with, with the scriptures, the prophecy of the scriptures. Uh, with the history of the scriptures, along with other historical books, the Brother Tons of Paz has done some great work with that. So I invite you to please go and check that out if you haven't had a chance to. Um, so in, that in 722 B.C. is when the Israel, after the time of Solomon, the nation of Israel was split into two kingdoms. And you read about the, the northern kingdom called, that was called Israel and the southern kingdom that was called uh, Judea. Um, and it was in 722 B.C. when the northern kingdom 
that contained, uh, uh, for the most part, the ten and a half tribes um, or, or ten tribes of Israel. They were taken into captivity and exiled and removed out of the land of Israel, and scattered. Uh, that began the scattering and the dispersion of the Israel of the Israelites from the northern kingdom to the four corners of the earth. That was the first time uh, that happened. That was the start or the beginning of us being scattered. And again, the Brother Tucker Files done some excellent re- review on that. Go check out the series that he's done on that, that covers that. Leaving the southern kingdom of Judah, which became known as Jews. Now, the arrivals for Judah being Jews um, uh, in the land. And that uh, the Jews, or the son of of Judah, went through the Babylonian captivity, then the Persian Mede captivity, then the Greek captivity, and then finally the Roman captivity. And then in 70 AD, we were kicked out of the promised land. Son of the of Judah, or the Jews, we were finally kicked out of the promised land in 70 AD. And we've covered that also uh, with the brother Tazapai and myself as well. Uh, and going into the details and, and history and really bringing it out about what took place. So we invite you to go and check that out. Um, again, that, that's when, in 70 AD, that led to the Jews being scattered throughout the Roman Empire for all corners of the Roman Empire, and it led to a great exile of, of Jews uh, fleeing down into Africa. <clears throat> and that's how we got into Africa. And then approximately 1,500 years later, um, started the, the transatlantic slave trade, all right? It started the transatlantic slave trade. We started bringing our people from, from Africa over here to the Americas with the transatlantic slave trade, uh, which, which um, coincides with the prophecies given in Deuteronomy chapter 28, particularly verse 68, about the, the, the slave ships that we, that we would be on because of our sin and being kicked out of the promised land and coming here to another land, uh, to the Americas, and serving the slavery that, that, that we've been in. But when you look at us, the Israelites, and you see how we've always catered to our emotions. We've always catered to our feelings. So in Christ coming, and I'll give us an example, not to cater to our feelings, not to, not to take matters to our own hands, not to uh, uh, make a name for ourselves. That, that's why Christ he said he came and made no reputation for himself. And we went back and we examined also that before the flood, and I know this a lot, brother and sister, but I'm trying to, trying to draw this out. Um, that before the flood, we can see where the giants um, that, that were before the flood, that they, they weren't just giants as far as, as, far as like uh, a Shaquille O'Neal or uh, Wembley, the new, the new player for the Spurs or what have you. That they weren't just giants in, in, as far as physical height or physical stature, but they were giants as far as being conquerors. Uh, they were like like uh, they were giants of whatever field of work they were in. Just like today, you have giants of industry. Bill Gates will be a <clears throat> will be considered a giant when it comes to um, uh, computers. Steve Jobs will be considered a giant when it comes to uh, computer technology. <clears throat> they're giant. They stand above everybody else in 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 the field that, that they're involved in. You have people that are um, uh, giants in, in, in sports, now, not just the New York Giants or, or what have you, but uh, you, you have your Babe Ruths, you have your LeBron Jameses, you have your Michael Jordans when it comes to basketball, you have your Kobe Bryant, that these men were giants when it came to the sport of basketball, that their performance and their reputation in that was above everybody else's. Um, uh, you, you can take this into any field. Um, 
Einstein, considered a giant when it comes to, to uh, uh, science. Tesla, would be considered a giant when it comes to, um, again, science and, and that type of thing or what have you, that these men would be considered giants and, and that they made a reputation for themselves, that that is what was going on before the flood. Um, and that men, you know, just like we have like the Hall of Fame, and you have the Hall of Fame for, for high schools, for, for um, college sports or professional sports, you have these Hall of Fames. Um, uh, you have uh, uh, the Grammys, the Academy Awards, um, uh, Pulitzer's, or what have you. That you have all these different type of things where people make a name for themselves. But it came back to see where Christ did not strive to make a name for himself. That uh, that was not his reputation. That he left us that example to follow. Remember, Christ told us, uh, "I am humble, uh, love of me, and my burden is." He said, "My burden is light." Brother of me, why I'm meek and humble. To really examine what that means. And to follow the example that he left uh, for us as his followers, as true Christians, to follow his example. We've examined all that. So as we're getting to the series that we're doing right now on denying yourself, or to, to deny Christ, I'm sorry. The beginning of our series was to deny Christ. To come back and look at if we don't want to follow his example, that's when we're denying him. And when we're faced with the different struggles and the different um, uh, temptations that come up, we want to take matters in our own hands. Uh, when we're faced with the rejection that we might go through as we come into the knowledge that we're Israelites and we start applying what the Bible actually says, that there's going to be a rejection from our family members. There's going to be a rejection from those that are closest to us. Um, there's going to be a, a, a betrayal. There's going to be almost a hatred. Uh, when we stop doing the worldly holidays, when we stop doing and eating the way the world does things, we stop celebrating the things that the world celebrates, and we get into the holidays, the holidays of the Bible, uh, we get into Passover, we get into the true Sabbath, being from Friday to sundown to Saturday to sundown, we get into the Feast of uh, First Fruits, uh, we get into the Feast of Unleavened Bread, we get into the Feast of, of, of Pentecost, we get into um, uh, the Memorial of Blowing the Trumpets. Now, we, we, we get into the Day of Atonement. We get into the uh, Feast of Tabernacles. We get into Purim. Uh, we get into the, 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 the recognizing the new moons. We get into the Day of Nicanor. Uh, uh, we get into the, the days, the holy days that are found in the Bible, and we start to reject, and we, and, and we don't participate in the Christmas, the Easter, the Thanksgiving, the birthdays, the um, uh, New Year's Day, um, uh, Veterans Day, Valentine's Day, what have you. That, that uh, uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, as we don't get into these things, that there's a, uh, a rejection. But then the fear is, if we don't do these things, how our families will look at it, how our loved ones will look at it. And the, the emotional tug that, it, 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 that we go through, that we experience, that by not going through those things, that should be us also, that's a way that we also deny Christ, that we deny the Most High. And, and one that really get to our emotions and get into our feelings about survival. Um, that is all about my survival here in America or in, in the world, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to survive. And that a lot of times we come into this knowledge that we're the Israelites and that we're going to follow the Bible, but everything's still based on my idea of survival. And that the word has to get choked out, and God's and Christ's example for us gets, gets, gets uh, diminished, it gets erased. Um, and we'll say his name. But our heart, like, like you said, our heart goes after our own covetousness. 
our minds go after what we want and not what the Father wants. Um, that example of serving him the way he wants to be served. Real quick, brothers and sisters, with that being said, just help me to help bring out this point I'm trying to bring out. I'm going to go to, go to the book of John. I'm going to the book of St. John, or the Gospel of John. And my eyes are, are kind of bad, but luckily I was able to go and get some of my shots uh, at the VA. Um, and St. John chapter 4. And I'm, I'm going to start at verse 22. I'm, I'm going to read down. And St. John chapter 4. Uh, verse 22, this is Christ speaking, all right? This is Christ speaking, where, where if you have a Bible that has the, the words of Christ in red, you'll see this is Christ actually speaking. And it's St. John chapter 4, verse 22, and it says, ye worship, ye know not what. And that statement, brothers and sisters, is so true. A lot of people worship things, they have no idea the origins of it, how it started. Um, the, how a lot of our people participate in strip clubs. Um, that the stripper pole, yes, yeah, people that even have stripper poles installed in their bedrooms um, between that, that wife and, 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 and that, uh, that husband. The stripper pole goes, is, is dealing with them, is no different than the maypole, which goes back to the worship of uh, Baal Peor and Astoreth. That making it going into a club and making it rain, uh, all that goes back to the worship of Baal pure, and Astoreth. That is pagan worship. But we do a lot of these type of things and don't realize where these orders come from and how pagan and demonic and how, how abominable they are in the eyes of the Father. Um, when we come back and, and we look at, uh, not, not, not considering, as we look at um, like the Super Bowls, um, the Fiesta Bowls, the College Bowls, the Cotton Bowls, and all these sporting events that take place um, uh, in, in, in December, January, and February, uh, even going up into March, that these are some of the same things that were done uh, during the time of the Greeks and during the time of the Romans, that that was the worship of what they called Bacchus, uh, where it was about the New Year and it was about getting drunk and, and, and giving into whatever debauchery you can give into, uh, you know, with Valentine's Day even being right there in February. Uh, and then all that was also around sporting events that we don't realize that a lot of these things, where these things originate, where they come from. And we're thinking it's, we're just living our lives. We think it's just, you know, we're just being American. Um, as we go into birthdays, or the birthday cake, that, that, that goes back to the worship of uh, Tammuz and, and uh, the Queen of Heaven. And that the reason you light candles on a birthday cake, the Queen of Heaven being the moon, the worship of the moon. And the reason that you light candles on a birthday cake is that the light from the candles it's supposed to be uh, uh, symbolic of the light of the moon going back to the worship of the Queen of Heaven, going back to Ostereth, um, uh going back to Venus, going back to Aphrodite, all these other goddesses and, and, and things that are ancient, uh, that are ancient, uh, I'm, the word I'm trying to look for, uh, ancient rituals uh, that, 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 were, that were done. That God had was like no, that was the thing that got us in trouble with the Father in the first place. Um, birthdays. When you go and check out research Satanism, one of the first things that Satanism is about is you. So the, one of the first holidays that Satanists participate in is a birthday. It's all about you. It's your birthday. 
you're going to party like it's your birthday. Make it about you. That's one of the first things about Satanism. And we go back and we look at, at, at the temptation that came to Christ. What was Satan tempting Christ with? Be about him. You're hungry? Eat. You, you have a doubt that God is with you? Jump. Hey, if you want power, you want fame, you want glory, worship me. Let, make it be about you. That's what Satanism is. Make it be about you. Whatever you want, whatever you like, you can have whatever you like. Um, just do it. That's the Nike commercial. Um, have it your way. Um, I'm loving it. Um, obey your thirst. That all these things are satanic, but this is the world we grew up in where it's just it's like part of the culture. It's a part of the culture. So when Christ is making a statement here in St. John chapter 4, 22, when he says, you worship, you know not what, that a lot of things that we do, we don't know why we do it. Christmas. What does a, a, a reindeer flying got to do with Jesus Christ? That it's supposed to be, and it's not. But if Christmas was to be his birth, what does reindeer flying and, and pulling a fat white man got to do with his birth? Not a damn thing. When we go and study the scriptures, and, and it talks about um, they give you the, the nativity scene. The nativity scene has always got the wise men, it's three wise men, one a, a black man, an Arab, a black man, uh, like a Mongolian, and, and a, a, a white guy. Supposed to represent the three classifications, uh, the three uh, classes of humans. That they come to the nativity scene, it's always in a barn, um, and there's animals or what have you. And that's where we understand it being the nativity scene. But when we read the scriptures, it says the wise men, when they came to the house, they saw Christ with his mother Mary. They said nothing about no damn barn. But we worship, we know not what. What is what is Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Foster the Snowman, what does it got to do with the birth of Jesus Christ? When we really examine it, not a damn thing. where even Christ, the scriptures tell you 500 years before Christ was born, do not set up a Christmas tree, a, a tree and decorate it with, with gold, uh, silver and gold. Do not do it. It's pagan. That was 500 years before Christ even came on the scene. God always said, don't do it. So for us now to come back now with the, the Christmas uh, celebration, Christmas theme, it's, it's demonic, and we don't understand it's wrong in the eyes of God. We come back with Easter. The two major Christian holidays in the world is Christmas and Easter. With Easter, we got what? We're supposed to be the resurrection, the, one of the greatest things that ever happened in the history of mankind, the history of, of, of creation, a man came back from the dead. Jesus Christ came back from the dead. That's what we honored by a rabbit that lays colored eggs. Not the fact that he actually came back from the dead, but that a rabbit lays eggs called the Easter Bunny or the Cadbury Bunny. Now, realize that Easter goes back to Astoreth, goes back to Astarte, which is a fertility goddess. That's why they used the rabbit in the first place. The Easter rabbit is no different than the Playboy rabbit, the Playboy Bunny. It's the exact same creature. Dealing with fertility. Dealing with fertility. So when Christ said this in St. John chapter 4, verse 22, you worship, you know not what. That's a very true saying. And we don't want to just take it on service level. What does this mean? You worship, you know not what. Is Sunday the Sabbath? No. Sunday is the first day of the week. 
So if Sunday was Sunday, if Sunday being the first day of the week, that would make what? Saturday, the seventh day of the week. What's the t- in the Ten Commandments? It says what? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The Sabbath day is the seventh day. We're supposed to keep it holy. But what are most, people, most of us doing on Saturday? Some type of sporting event or, or shopping. Or if we went on Friday night, it's when the Sabbath actually starts. Because with God, the, the, the day starts at the previous day at sunset. So the Sabbath actually starts Friday night sundown. But we've been conditioned, thank God it's Friday. I'm going to party like it's Friday night. That, that uh, Friday night, we're going to go have a good time. We're going to blow out steam. And, and, and give ourselves over to whatever we're going to give ourselves over to on Friday night. Take Saturday, uh, again, whatever sporting events we got for the kids or whatever, um, get into that as we can go back to church on Sunday and be good. But Sunday is, is look at the name Sunday. It's telling you what it is. It's the Sunday. It, it was named that for the worship of Sunday, the first day of the week. Monday, the moon. The worship of the moon. That's what's called Monday. Tuitions. Tuesday goes back to uh, Tuitions. A Greek god. If I get that right. It's, it's a, a Norse god. Tuitions. Wednesday, going back to Woon. Going back to Odin. Um, again, uh, 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 Norse mythology. Thursday. Thor's day. Thor. Yes, Thor. Uh, with the hammer. Yes. Thursday. Thor's day. So you have Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Coming, those actual names coming from uh, Norse mythology. Even Friday, Frigga, goes back to Norse uh, 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 mythology. Saturday, the Saturn, Saturday. Then coming back Monday, um, uh, Sunday, with the sun. So it says, you worship, St. John 4.22, you worship, you know not what. Then it says, we know what we worship. And this is Christ speaking. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. We know what we're doing to get the salvation that's of the Jews. Verse 23, it says, but the hour cometh, and now is. And I, before I even go here, in St. John chapter 4, verse 22, he says, salvation is of the Jews. He did not say a religion. Whatever religion that we've been conditioned to worship, whatever religion that we've been conditioned to, to, to observe, Christ didn't say that, that religion, salvation was for that religion. Salvation is for the Jews. Verse 23. But the hour cometh and now is. When the true worshipers of the Jews, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Father seeketh such to worship him. That that's what the Father's looking for. Are we going to worship him, him the way he wants to be worshipped? Are we going to worship God if we God wants to worship? Or are we going to keep putting our twist to it? Uh, is it going to keep being about what we want, our will, how we see it, how we feel? Or are we going to finally subdue and submit ourselves to God's will, to what God wants? And that was the example that Christ gave us with his death. That's the example that Christ gave us that he wasn't pursuing what he wanted. And he kept telling us as we go through his teaching, I came not to do my own will. I cannot speak my own words. I speak what the Father gave me. I came to do the will of my Father. I came to finish the work that my Father gave me. That was not, that it was not about Christ doing His own will. That was and that was the temptation that he had to fight. From the beginning of His ministry, with, with Satan tempting Him, 
um, to the end of uh, uh, to the crucifixion. Is he going to now do his will and stop the suffering, stop the pain, stop what he was going through? Was he going to take matters in his own hands and do his will, or was he going to fight the temptation, do his will, and it was the if it meant him dying that he was going to not do his will, even in the case of meant him dying. So I'm going through all this brothers and sisters again um, as we're as we're reviewing uh, and going over this the series about to deny Christ. I'm hoping, and maybe I should have said this from the very first class, that in going through the series um, um, and, and it's, it's subject, trying to prepare us, yourself as well as myself, for the temptation that, that we're going to be afflicted with and that we're going to be hit with to where we're going to deny Christ and following his example and, and essentially just want to take matters in our own hands. Yeah, I'm not going to suffer. I ain't going to go through that. I'm not going to be rejected. I'm not going to... Um, uh, I'm not gonna feel alone. I'm not gonna feel like a fool. I'm not gonna feel. I'm not gonna feel this way. I don't care if I'm just not gonna. I'm, that's not me. Which leads, to, you know, that comes from pride, stubbornness, and re- and rebellion. That in those steps that are taken, that is denying Christ. Right? That is denying Christ. So, as we're getting now into part nine of, of this topic of denying Christ. I, I hope I'm, I'm giving some uh, some balance. I hope uh, everybody is, is listening and come to this point of, of the series uh, so that we kind of balance out and get some understanding about um, why I'm covering these topics and going so extensively into the way I am. Um, not just to be, uh, again, poor and broke and, and not have anything, uh, but if that's the circumstance that we're faced with, that understand it's not about us taking matters in our own hands. But the conditioning that we've been under, the conditioning that we, we've been under to want to be a part of this society, to, want to, uh, to, to stop the suffering and, and the pain and, and to be accepted, that it's in those steps where we actually start to, to also to deny Christ. It's not the fact that just because we say Jesus Christ's name uh, when we pray over our food, um, and then the people who don't say a prayer over their food, see, that's them denying Christ. No, 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 no. No, maybe on the surface level we can take it there, but no, it, there, there's more to it. All right, there's more to it. So with that, but I am going to take this, this little break as I've given my uh, open soliloquy, and I, I should have done like Tazapa. <laughs> I should have done like the brother Tazapa had. Uh, I'm using it for my break music, uh, this intermission music. Um, I'm going to take this quick intermission, uh, and then when we come back. Uh, Let's go a little bit further into uh, looking at and examining uh, the, to deny Christ, all right, um, and getting into part 10 of how we got to put on, on the new self. All right, so intermission, and when I come back, we're going to continue the class. So bear with me, and yes, this guy, uh, in comments uh, to my brother, Tazapa, as I just took all this time, I'm doing all this talking, uh, I'm going to play this song right here.
All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're back, we're back, we're back. And forgive me, brothers and sisters, forgive me for... Uh, All right, cool. Forgive me for 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 a little bit extra long delay. That uh, <laughs> yeah, things 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 finally eventually came out right. Uh, we <laughs> we're good to go. We're good to go. All right. So, brothers and sisters, uh, and continue on with today's uh, class about uh, denial and uh, putting on the new self. A lot of these concepts uh, we're familiar with, um, and we we that and people have dealt with. But I I I I want to just uh, I I want to draw a few more things out, all right. Um, and that and keep it on such a surface level. But let, let's take let, let, let's draw some of these things out about how it can apply more to us today, all right. Uh, and, and 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 what we have going on with, with Christ in the Most High. So in denying ourselves, like from the last class, um, part nine, uh, we left off with. Let me pull that up real quick. In part nine, uh, we left off with um, uh, March chapter eight, verse thirty-five. Uh, we was going over that where it says, "For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul?" And we really went into this, uh, what this means, and we went into, the, if y'all remember, the definition of life uh, from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And remember, there's only 24 different definitions for the, for the word life, right? 24 different definitions. And we pulled up several of them. Um, for example, from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary for life, um, it tells us manner of living, conduct, uh, deportment, in regards to morals. So when we, when we take that part of the, uh, of the definition and insert it to the scripture, so now it says, for whosoever will save his life or save uh, his manner of living, that this is, how, this is what I'm accustomed to, this is my manner of living, whoever's going to save his manner of living, you're going to lose it. But whosoever shall lose his manner of living for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Then it goes on, uh, you know, if, if we insert some of these words, uh, it says conduct. Uh, so if we insert the word conduct into the scripture, it now reads, whosoever will save his conduct shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his, his conduct for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Now, there's, gotta be, there's gonna have to be a change. We're, we're definitely gonna have to make a change um, in our manner of living and, and our conduct, how we conduct ourselves. Uh, in, in regard to our, our morals now, our morals have got to now be redirected into God's righteousness and not our own righteousness or the world's righteousness, but actually being directed and prioritized into what God's morals are. Um, we read definition number six uh, for the definition of life, uh, which says condition, uh, course of living in regard to happiness and misery. Uh, we say a man's life has been a series of prosperity or misfortune. So we take this, this definition, uh, a man's condition or course of living. So when we insert that to the scripture, that definition of the scripture, it reads, for whosoever will save his 
condition or course of living shall lose it. If that's a man's priority, a person's priority, that I'm going to save my course of life. I'm going to save my condition. I'm going to save my course of living. Uh, if that's your priority, if that's a person's priority, you're going to lose it when Christ comes back and, and, and his kingdom, time of his kingdom, you're going to lose it. But it says, but whosoever shall lose his life or his condition or his course of living for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. We also read definition number 20, which says, uh, the enjoyments, uh, the enjoyments or blessings of the present life. All right. This definition number, number 20 for the word life. All right. For the word life from the Webster's 1820 dictionary. So if we now insert that definition into the scripture, it reads as, as such. For whosoever will save his life or save the enjoyments or blessings of the present life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life or the enjoyments or blessings of this present life, for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Uh, for whosoever, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And then we also went to the definition of world. That it, it, it doesn't mean that, that a person is living on some uh, rock star, uh, Mick Jagger or, or Donald Trump or, or um, uh, uh, Jay-Z uh, type of wealth uh, or, or what have you, um, or, or Joe Osteen type of wealth. But whatever your world is, whatever your realm, whatever, whatever is, 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 is yours, that that is your world. Um, for those that are a little bit older, remember there's a movie called Wayne's World. And what was that dealing with? Wayne. And his life, his lifestyle, what he dealt with. Uh, we look at different definitions of, of the world. You have the ant world. What's the ant world? It's dealing with the world of ants. Uh, you have the music world. But even within the music world, you have the rock and roll world. You have the um, country world. You have the, the pop world. Um, among nations, you have the, 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 uh, uh, the Japanese world, the Chinese world. You have the Russian world. Uh, you have the Korean world. You have the African world that there's many different types of worlds, all right? Not just talking about the sphere of the earth or the globe of the earth and all its inhabitants, but you can have different definitions for the word world. So what is the profit, verse, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 36? For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world? This is all you want. You gain what you want, what you're after. And you're not willing to lose your condition, your manner of living, uh, what was I saying? Your manner of living, your conduct, your condition, your course of living, the, your, your what enjoyments and blessings that you get in this present life, that you're not going to risk those things, not even for Christ's sake or the Gospels, but you've got, you got those things now. So what should the prophet of man if he gained the whole world and lose his whole soul? So we, we've been going, and, and, and we're covering this and, and going into this um, uh, as we're coming into again this this, this tenth part of uh, denying Christ and and putting on a new life, but one thing I, I did want to hit as as we do continue this, please join me uh, in going to first off Ecclesiastes chapter one and verse nine. Let's get that first in, in the Bible to Ecclesiastes chapter one and verse nine. As I pull it up right here. 
from Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9. This is the wisdom we get from, uh, some understanding we get from the scriptures. It says, the thing that has been, it is that which shall be. All right, so the thing that has been, something that was in the past, it says, is that which shall be. And that which is done, is that which shall be done. Like, what's going on now is going to be going on in the future. It says, and there is no new thing of the sun. What this saying, in a nutshell, brothers and sisters, is history repeats itself, right? History repeats itself. When we go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and we read verse 15, going along with Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9, that history is going to repeat itself. The thing which has been, it is that which shall be. Uh, the thing which is done is that which shall be done. And most of it, now we come to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15. Ecclesiastes now, chapter 3, verse 15, tells us that which has been is now. That things that happened in the past is going on now. And that which is to be, I mean, in the future, has already been. That it's already been here before. There's nothing new under the sun. It's a cycle. Everything's on a cycle. Then it says, and God requires that which is past. That history is going to repeat itself. History is definitely going to repeat itself. So with that in mind, brothers and sisters, if, if, if I can uh, impose on you to, to, to just grasp, to hold on to that just for a second. History repeats itself. All right? History is going to repeat itself. With that in mind, let's go to Um, Revelations, chapter 11 and verse 8, all right? Let's go to the book of Revelations, chapter 11, verse 8. And, and let's kind of keep in our minds that history does repeat itself, all right? History does repeat itself. So in Revelation, chapter 11, verse 8, this is what it says. Revelation, chapter 11, verse 8, right? And it says, um, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of that great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. But also our Lord was crucified. What I want to get us uh, focused on right now in, in, this, in this part of the scripture, and there's a lot, there's a lot of meat on this bone here, all right? But what I want to focus on just for right now is uh, the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. I don't want to really focus on the dead bodies. I'm not going to focus on the dead bodies right now. And I'm not going to focus on where our Lord was crucified. But the great city which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. All right? I want to focus on that for, uh, for right now. Now, if we take into, into, into connection what we just read in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, and what we just read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15, history repeats itself. History repeats itself. Now, you're not even saying, Masab, okay, what's it got to do with denying Christ? What does that do with, 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 with well, what, what the topic is? No, bear with me. Give, uh, uh, I, I beg your patience just a little bit longer. There is a, uh, the great city which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. Cool. So if there's, there's a place in the world that before Christ comes back, there's going to be a place in the, on the planet Earth that's going to be reminiscent of the same type of, of, of things that were taking place in ancient Sodom and in ancient Egypt. All right? That before Christ makes a return, because that's what the book of Revelation is about. I think we all can agree to that. That the book of Revelation is dealing with 
um, uh, Armageddon and the return of Jesus Christ. I believe, I believe we, we can all uh, deal with that, right, or, or accept that or understand that part. So before Christ comes back, we understand and know that there's going to be a, a place that's going to be immense that is spiritually going to be called Sodom and Egypt. Now, we know Sodom is dealing with, uh, uh, we got, you can't help but think about Sodom and Gomorrah, where Lot was saved from the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah um, uh, well, by, by the fire from God, from fire and brimstone for God, for the debaucherous lifestyle living that they were living to the point where the men of Sodom and Gomorrah, which was actually five cities, but the men of, uh, of Sodom and Gomorrah wanted to have sex with the angels uh, that actually came to Lot uh, to deliver Lot from the destruction, that the men of the city actually wanted to have sex and rape these men who happened to be angels um, in, in, a, in a very cruel homosexual act, all right, in, in, in uh, an ob- obvious homosexual act. So there's a place on the earth where homosexuality is going to be really promoted. It's going to really be pushed. It's going to really be um, uh, exemplified. Uh, and yes, that if we're going to look in the earth today, that is definitely America with the LGBTQ movement, right? That, hell, we're even in Gay Pride Month right now, right? So the same type of spirits that were in Sodom is going to be in a place today before Christ returns. All we're going to do is put the clues together, all right? All we're going to do is put the, do the little deductive reasoning, and this really ain't really hard to put together. But it's one particular thing about this place, and that we know there's homosexuality across the whole world. We're not, we're not denying that. There is homosexuality across the whole entire planet. But this place not only is going to promote and, uh, and have the same type of spirits that were in Sodom, but it says it's also going to be reminiscent of Egypt. Now, Egypt is where the Israelites, where we were first put in captivity, where the Israelites were first in slavery. And that this place is going to have the same type of, of, of conditions of Sodom and the same type of conditions as slavery, right? And, and it may be referred to as Sodom and Egypt. I'm hoping everybody can kind of grasp that, that that's not me reaching or, 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 or uh, embellishing too much, but that that connection can be seen. And that it's going to be that God says there's nothing new under the sun. So with that in mind, with that in mind, uh, hopefully I, I, we're making that connection. And that's that's not too uh, outlandish for anybody right now. I would like for us to go to the book of Exodus chapter five. I would like for us to go to the book of Exodus chapter five. I'm going to start at verse one. All right, Exodus chapter five, and I'm going to start at verse one. And let's look at what were some of the things that were going on in Egypt. What were some of the things that was happening in Egypt that we can look at will be going on today if there's nothing new under the sun? And that thing, um, uh, the thing that has been is that which shall be. The thing which has been is now. That there's going to be there, there's cycles to everything, right? There's cycles to everything. Now, even before we go to Exodus chapter 5, let me go back to Exodus chapter 4. Um, and trying to get straight to the point. So let's go to Exodus chapter 4, 
Well, I'm sorry, verse 18. Exodus chapter 4, I'm sorry, verse 18. And it says, And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law. And this is after Moses, uh, the Lord appeared to Moses uh, in the burning bush and gave him the signs. He gave him the, um, uh, his hand turning uh, leprous and turning back, now going from a black skin, a dark skin to, to a, a white skin, and, and coming back to dark skin. Uh, and he gave him the, um, uh, the staff that turned into a snake uh, and turned into a rock. So he gave him these signs to come back and show the Israelites that God, our God, has heard our, uh, our cries and the rigors of the slavery that we were under, and that he's going to send salvation. He's going to send a deliverer, um, which we've been longing for. And now Moses is, is going to be that deliverer. So now Moses is returning back uh, from the mountain, and we're in verse 18 now. Exodus chapter 4, verse 18. And, then, and Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren, which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go, go in peace. And remember, Moses had been with Jethro for over 40 years. Right? He'd been with Jethro for over 40 years. I, um, so at this time, Moses is 80 years old, right? Moses is 80 years old, and now he's returning back to Egypt uh, for the salvation of the Israelites out of Egypt, his brothers, the people of God. Verse 19, and the Lord said unto Moses in Midian, go, return to Egypt, uh, for all the, men, uh, all the men are dead with spots that life. And Moses took his wife and his son and set them upon an ass. And he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all these wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand. But I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if not if thou refuse to let him go, behold, but slay thy son, even thy firstborn. And it came to pass by the way uh, in the end that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah uh, took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of, of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody uh, husband art thou to me. That uh, Moses had uh, made sure his, his sons were circumcised, and he didn't according to the, the, the covenant with uh, Abraham, that he didn't make sure his sons were circumcised and that in, in, in returning back, it's similar to, and I'm sure there's many theological um, um, uh, examples people can go into, but just to try to keep this quick, remember when Timothy said, how can a man rule the house of the Most High but he can't rule his own house? Therefore, Moses to come back uh, to be a, a deliverer of the Hebrews, uh, to be a savior of the Hebrews, he would have to show that he's a Hebrew. And one of the things that, not that we would physically show that we were circumcised, but that was part of the covenant uh, that was given to Abraham, that all his seed would have to be circumcised. So Moses is now coming back. You are the Savior. Yes, you're going to, you're going to, um, uh, Messiah is going to use you, but not even, you got to make sure your family is correct. You got to make sure that your sons are circumcised after the, after the law. All right. So Moses didn't do it, and Zipporah, his wife, had to do it. Uh, verse 27, and the Lord said unto Aaron, go to the, into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met him in, in the mount of God and, blessed, and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had uh, commanded him. 
And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of Israel, the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, when they bowed their heads, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. But I would like for us to take, a, take an examine this. Take a look at this just for a second. Well, obviously a little longer than a second. If we examine what's happening here in, in chapter 4, God is letting Moses know that he's ready to save the children of Israel, that he's going to uh, save the children of Israel by the hand of Moses. And then in so doing, that Moses and Aaron were going to go before Pharaoh and God was going to harden Pharaoh's heart uh, to the point where uh, Pharaoh's firstborn son was going to be put to death. Um, and then Aaron and Moses finally meet up, and they go to the, to the children of Israel. All right? They go to the children of Israel and speak all the words that the Lord had spoken unto on, on Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. To show and prove that the Lord God Almighty was now ready to deliver. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob was now ready to deliver the children of Israel. And these and the children of Israel saw the wonder. They saw the signs. And they heard the words of salvation. I'm going to say it like that. Even though that's not in the script, they heard the words of salvation that you're about to be saved, that God is sending the Savior. And look at verse 31. And the people believed. And when they had heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked upon their affliction. Then they they bowed their heads and worshipped. I want us to understand that, that. So all the Israelites were like, yes, we, that we understood we're about to be saved. That that message of salvation, it was here at this time in Egypt for the children of Israel. That that we have now understood we're, we're going to be saved. We're getting the word of salvation that that. God has seen all we've gone through. He's seen all, all that's happened, and now we're about to be saved, right? he, that he's going to save us. Now, when we come to Exodus chapter 5 and start of verse 1, Exodus chapter 5 and start of verse 1, I'm going to read through this kind of quickly. When we're in Exodus chapter 5, verse 1, it says, And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? that I should obey his voice uh, to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days journey into the desert, and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword, or with the sword. And the king of Egypt said unto him, Wherefore do ye, Moses, and Aaron let the people from their works. Get you to your own burdens. So listen to what, what, what Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, was saying in, in verse 4. What are y'all doing that, that y'all talk about letting the people go from their works? Like, why, aren't y'all, why aren't y'all at work? Get you to your burdens. You talk about freeing the people from their works. Why aren't y'all working? I want us to understand. I hope, I hope we're kind of seeing this. I'm doing a good job, enough job to to, uh, to bring this out. That after getting the word of salvation, after getting that yes, that God has seen the afflictions that that's happening to the children of Israel, and that yes, Israel's about to now be saved. 
that when they bring this message to Pharaoh, that Pharaoh's like, let you go. Let the people go from their works. Get you to your own burdens. Y'all got what to do. Y'all are slaves. All right? Verse 5. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and we make them, and you make them rest from their burdens. Then do you know how many Israelites are you, and you're going to have them stop working for Egypt? Now remember, in uh, chapter, chapter 1, let me go back there real quick. In chapter 1, it says, starting verse 18, Exodus chapter 1, verse 18. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them uh, with the, their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh uh, uh, treasure cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with vigor. This is what I want to get you, verse 13 and 14. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All the service wherein they made them to serve was with vigor. I want us to understand and see, and I know we have to go in depth, and I really am not going to do that with the class, that all manner of service, the Israelites were made to serve in all manner of service. If we think about that, so that would be from, from being uh, handmaids and, 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 and butlers. That, that would be uh, janitors. That would be in uh, sanitation of Egypt. That would be in the, uh, the, the, the farmers of Egypt. That would be in the, the, the construction workers of Egypt. That would be in, in the uh, all manner of service, whatever. I mean, if it was the laundry, if it was the, uh, uh, the cooking, whatever service job there is, whatever service needs to be performed, the Israelites were made to serve in those capacities. And look at how many Israelites there were that were made to serve in other capacities. Now, remember, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, right? There's nothing new under the sun. God requires that which is past. If we look at to America, just like at America right now, name a service industry that the 12 tribes of Israel, the Israelites, are not deeply involved with. Name one. And that to have, that, that's why if we go back and look at the civil rights movement, why was the civil rights movement so, so powerful? The bus boycotts. This having a bus boycott. Look at how, how it shut everything down. It stopped everything. A bus boycott. It stopped everything. That with the civil rights movement, people just uniting in that. We're not going to ride the buses anymore. This uniting in that is shut 
the South down. Imagine if that went across the whole world, across America. If all Israelites were to come together and just, uh, uh, not that it's ever going to happen because this is the place where our captivity and uh, our punishment. But if all Israelites came together, just observing the Sabbath, if all Israelites came together and observed the Sabbath, said, we're not going to buy, we're not going to sell, we're not going to cook, we're not going to work on the Sabbath. What would that do to America? What would that do to America? In every manner of service, we're not getting on TikTok, we're not getting on Facebook, we're not getting on Netflix, we're not getting on uh, uh, Hulu, we're not getting on um, uh, any social media, we're not getting on YouTube, we're not getting on, uh, we're not going to, we're not buying no gas, we're not going to any grocery store, we're not going to uh, anywhere, we're not ordering from Amazon, we're not getting online, for one day of the Sabbath, we're just shutting down. Like the Jews do, like Jewish people do. Jewish people are able to keep our laws um, uh, in their communities, and uh, on Friday night, they prepare for the Sabbath, and Friday night, by the sunset, their businesses are shut down. And they're not going to open back up until Sunday morning. They observe the Sabbath. Like Chick-fil-A. Shit, like Chick-fil-A. But imagine if all the other Israelites born, all the other Israelites, so-called Negroes, uh, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitian, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, Chile, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, and Mexicans, was to do something just like uh, observing the Sabbath, just like that. We're not spending nothing. We're not, we're not buying water. We're not buying anything. We're not buying food. We're not going to the club. We're not doing anything. And for anybody who wants to uh, follow God, it talks about in Isaiah chapter 58 or 56 about the, the, the strangers observing the Sabbath. So imagine if that happened, what would it do to America? What would it do to the world? There, there's nobody there, there's, there, that no one's in uh, the grocery stores stocking shelves. There's no truck drivers uh, uh, moving merchandise. There's no uh, 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 people in the, in, in the stockyards to, to, to unload the ships. The ships ain't moving. It's just shut down. What would that do for, for the economy of America? There's nobody to go back to oil fields. There's nobody to go pick fruit. Just for that one day, the Sabbath. That would cripple America and have an effect on the whole wide world. So imagine, you can imagine now, this would have been a similar effect that Pharaoh is thinking about economics and his empire with what Moses is talking about. That to have, you know how many Israelites there are and, and what they're involved with? And you're going to free them from their labor? Are you serious? So I'm just trying to get us to understand the ramification of what this means, of what this would look like. So coming back now to Exodus chapter 5. I'm in verse 4. Exodus chapter 5, verse 4, and it says, And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works, Get you unto your, unto your burdens. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and uh, ye make them rest 
from their burdens? Verse 6, and Pharaoh commanded the same day that the taskmasters, other people, uh, and their officers, saying, you shall no more give the people straw to make brick as uh, heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And the tale of the bricks, which they did make heretofore, you shall... uh, you shall lay upon them. You shall not diminish aught thereof. Now, why is he doing this? Why is Pharaoh doing this? Exodus chapter 5, verse 8. For they be idle. Therefore, they cry, saying, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Verse 9. Let's take a look at the college. Check out what's going on. Verse 9. Let their more work be laid upon the men, that they may labor uh, therein, and let them not regard vain words. Don't you, don't you regard talking about y'all being going to be saved? Don't y'all think about, we got to increase the workload on them? That the, the, and there was a cost of living in ancient Egypt. That I hope we're not just thinking about this bricks um, that we were just uh, – uh, building pyramids. We're talking about every aspect of service uh, and employment that was in Egypt, the Israelites were involved with. Every manner. And then now for uh, Moses and Aaron to come back and talk about, no, we need three days uh, to go serve our God. That would cripple Egypt. So in Pharaoh saying what in verse 9? Let their more work be laid upon them, on the men, that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. Right, y'all talking about taking three days off, but how are you going to pay your bills? Y'all talk about taking three days off, but how are y'all going to maintain your manner of living? How are you going to, be able to maintain uh, your food, the cost of living? How are y'all going to, be able to maintain that? Stop thinking about salvation. Stop thinking about your God. You better think about work. You better think about how you're going to pay your bills. Look at the psychology that that Pharaoh came up with. Again, Exodus chapter 5, verse 9. Let their more work be laid upon the men, that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. Vain words. To Pharaoh's vain words. Y'all talking about some salvation. Y'all going to stop working. Man, please. Y'all better think that shit is is, is vain, because that's not going to be... That is not going to help you maintain your cost of living. That's not going to help you maintain your amount of living. That's not going to help you maintain what you got going on. We're going to cut this off so that you'll have to work, think more about working than serving your God. More about how you're going to maintain your conduct, your manner of living. The, the, what do we read what, uh, as far as the definition of life? Um the enjoyments or blessings of this present life. And the present life that was in Egypt, whatever enjoyments or blessings were in Egypt at that time, if y'all got time to, to think about uh, salvation, how y'all going to maintain what you got going on and, and you, gotta, you have to work harder to pay your bills? Stop thinking about salvation. Stop thinking about serving the Lord, your God. That don't pay the bills. That ain't going to pay your rent. That's going to help you maintain the cost of living. That was going on in ancient Egypt. Verse 11, 
Exodus chapter 5, verse 11. Go ye, get ye strong where you can. You better find work where you can. Get ye strong where you can find it. Yet not out of your work shall be diminished. Listen, y'all. The, what, the cost of living. For Egypt, the cost of living was how much straw had, uh, had to be, be gathered to make the brick. That was the cost of living for being in Egypt. So now, to maintain the cost of living, which was gathering straw making brick in Egypt, now we're taking this away from you, but you had to still maintain the cost of living. You still have to maintain how many bricks got to come in. Because now we have to make you work hard because you're idle. Y'all think about going to serve your God and worship your God? Moses and Aaron have brought this false hope to you? They didn't brought this thing to you? Hell no. Y'all get your asses back to work even more. Verse 11. Go ye, get ye straw where you can find it. Yet not aught of your work shall be diminished. Verse 12. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. Do you see what happened here? After we got the, the word of salvation, after Moses and Aaron presented themselves to us, we, all, we believe that the Lord God has seen our afflictions, that he's coming to save us. And who else can do Moses with the, with the, uh, with the hand, with the, with the staff? He, yes, God's coming to save us. He's heard us. The God of Abraham, we're finally going to be saved. Yes. Now Moses goes to Pharaoh, and what does Pharaoh immediately do? Y'all are too idle. Y'all need more work. Y'all need to stop thinking about stopping your work here in Egypt. You better be thinking about how you're going to live, how you're going to survive. Because now the cost of living that was in Egypt, which was the, the amount of bricks, you're going to do more to get this amount of bricks done. You had to labor harder to, to, to fill the amount of bricks that need to be filled. Are we seeing any similarities, y'all? Are we connecting any type of dots? That now, as, as the teaching is going out, that we are now the, we are the Israelites. And Deuteronomy chapter 28 is, is being, uh, can be shown evidently clear that we are the Israelites. In Leviticus 26, that the Native Americans are Israelites. We're seeing these things. We've been scattered to the four corners of the earth. We are the Israelites. We're seeing it. It's coming out clearer and clearer and clearer. But at the same time, all this, this, this information is coming out. How much has the cost of, this, cost of living and inflation increased here in America? How much to maintain a lifestyle? How much more work needs to be put into, I got to get a good job, I got to get an education so I can maintain the blessings of this present life, to maintain the manner of living and kind of living in this present life, that I got to survive. Brothers and sisters, do we really think that that's coincidence? That our minds are being conditioned to think more about these things than to think about what God wants? That now for us to get into the Bible and get into these scriptures, and, and, and follow Christ, the example he, that, that he gave, then now no, because that's going to affect my cost of living. That's going to affect my, my, my manner of living. That's going to affect the happiness of this present life. That's going to affect my conduct. I can't get myself over to that because you know what? I got to get ready to get up for work. 
I can't really do the studying. I can't really get into the book because I got to get, get ready for work. Hey, this is good and all. Hey, I'll make it to a high holiday. I'll do this, I'll do that. But I got to get to work. Brothers and sisters, are we really seeing that there's not a coincidence, a connection, and that it's in those things that we're denying Christ, that we're denying his example? Again, Exodus chapter 5 verse 12. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. This scattered the Israelites. I hope I'm bringing this out clear enough that it can be seen. That's all I can pray right now. Verse 13. And the taskmasters hasted them, saying, fulfill, fulfill your works, your daily tasks, as when there was straw. Hey, Inflation is going up, but you got to still keep, you got to keep the same, you got to put in the same amount of work, if not more. I, w- I wish I was as eloquent as, 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 as some other brothers and trying to help bring some of these points out. I don't have, a, 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 I'm, I'm not a wordsmith. <laughs> I, I, I really, I'm truly not. I'm not a wordsmith that really helped uh, uh, paint the picture of what was happening in Egypt and how this relates to what we got going on today right now. That this psychology is the same psychology. This, this tactic is the same tactic that was used back in ancient Egypt when the Israelites first got the word that we're going to be saved. With the proof that yes, we are, that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and He's coming to get us. History truly does repeat itself. Verse fourteen, and the officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmasters had, had set over them, uh, were beaten and demanded, "Wherefore have you not fulfilled your task in making brick, both yesterday and today, as heretofore?" Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore dealest thou thus with thy servants? There is no straw given unto thy servants, and they say to us, Make brick, and behold, thy servants are beaten. Yet the fault is in thine own people. So you had Israelites. Understand these officers were Israelite officers. That the taskmasters were coming to the, 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 the job foreman's, of the Israelites, who happened to be Israelites. And these job foremen, which were today could be likened to, I guess, politicians, leaders of the people, the bosses are saying, there's not enough. We need help. What's the government going to do? Our people are hurting. There's no job. There's not enough. We need government support. We need government aid. Don't this sound similar? But I know it might be kind of hard because we're thinking about just straw. We're thinking about some of the movies we've seen in the cartoons that it was just, uh, that's, that's, that's all that was done. But you got to think about all of Egypt, not just Cairo, the capital of Egypt, but all of Egypt 
and every manner of service that was throughout the whole country. Egypt will be compared to America today, whereas Washington, D.C. is the capital. But just because it's the capital, like Cairo was the capital of Egypt back then, you had the whole country where the Israelites were scattered throughout all of Egypt. And with this uh, program that came up, it made the Israelites scatter even more to find work. And now the leaders of, 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 of Israelites, the officers, are coming to Pharaoh like, that we need uh, government intervention. We need some help. We need some aid. The cost of inflation is getting higher and higher. And the minimum wage is not enough. Think about that, brothers and sisters. The minimum wage, what you're providing, is not enough to maintain the cost of living. Is this really, if I'm stretching, brothers, let me know that now the cost of living, for, for what it costs to live, minimum wage is not enough. When y'all cut this out, we don't have enough to maintain what is needed for our cost of living back in Egypt. Minimum wage ain't enough. You're not providing the straw no more. So to, to have to still maintain what is needed is not enough. Are we not saying the same things about America within America today? Minimum wage is not enough to maintain the cost of inflation, to maintain the cost of just living decent, nice, good, pleasant. In America, the cost of is, the minimum is not enough. But this plan was put together to get us to stop thinking about God's salvation. And what was God's salvation? Us leaving Egypt and going to the promised land. That was God's idea of salvation. Not that we should just be saved, that we can now have enough to pay our bills to stay in Egypt. To maintain our lifestyle in Egypt. That was not God's idea of salvation. And we can see that same mentality even today. God's idea of salvation is not for us to stay in Egypt and just be able to maintain a lifestyle, a manner of living, where we can enjoy the blessings and enjoyments of this present life. That is not God's idea of salvation. But look how our minds get distracted in a similar fashion what was going on in ancient Egypt. Exodus chapter 5, verse 18. Um, verse 16. There is no straw given unto thy servants. The minimum wage ain't enough. And they say to us, make, make brick. And behold, thy servants are beaten. But the fault is in thy own people. Verse 17. But he said, you are idle. You are idle. Therefore, you say, let us go and do sacrifice to the Lord. You're lazy. You're no good. You're loiters. You don't work hard enough. If you want to maintain a lifestyle, work harder. Check it out. Check it out. Verse 18. Check out verse 18. Go, therefore, now and work. If you want to maintain, you got to work harder. Stop thinking about the Lord, your God. If you want to maintain, you have to go to work. 
Exodus chapter 5, verse 18. Go, therefore, now and work, for there shall no straw be given you. Yet you shall deliver the tale of bricks. Minimum wage ain't changing. And pension will stay with that or, or get higher. You got to work harder. How many, how many got to work two and three jobs now? What happened to, to retiring at, 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 at how many retirees still have to go to work in 2023? How many retirees, as we're getting closer and closer to Christ getting here, and as the word of God is going out more and more about who the Israelites are and that, yes, it's time for us to be saved, how many retirees have to work a second job, a third job? How many, how many retirees, their kids have to move in and still live at home because the cost of living is just too much? Are we really going to act like we don't see these things? Verse 19. Check out Exodus chapter 5, verse 19. And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in evil case. After it was said, you shall not minish aught from your bricks uh, of your daily task. And they met Moses and Aaron, who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, the Lord look upon you and judge, because you have made our favor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh. You made Herod hate us more. You made this government, the Egyptian, they hate us more. Y'all came with this idea about us being saved, us going to go, uh, going to go worship our God and stop work for three days? They increased our labor. They made it worse for us, you Moses and you Aaron. And, verse, I mean, verse 21, and in the eyes of his servants, to put a sword in their hand to slay us. They're going to kill us. Y'all came with this, and now we, we believed you. We believed you. And now Pharaoh is about to kill us. Verse 22, and Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it that thou has sent me. For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he has done evil to this people. Neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. This made even Moses to doubt. Acts chapter 6 verse 1. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand Shall he let thee go? Let, shall he let them go? And with his strong hand, shall he drive them out of this land, of his land? And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Yahweh was I not known unto them. I'm gonna stop it right there, as far as reading on in, in verse six. But I want us to look at the psychology of what was going on in, in Egypt. Conditions got worse for us. Conditions got worse for the Israelites as the message of salvation came, as the promise of salvation came, that things got worse. And it, for lack of a better word, inflation got higher. The cost of living got worse. To maintain a lifestyle, 
minimum wage was not enough. And, and the purpose of this was to cause us to think about you need to go to work. You need to work harder. You're idle. You're not working hard enough. If y'all got time to think about the most high, you got time to think about serving your God. You're too idle. We had to keep y'all more busy. We had to keep y'all more worried about the cost of living. How are you going to maintain the, your manner of living? How are you going to maintain your lifestyle, your conduct, what you're doing? How are you going to enjoy the uh, enjoyments and the blessings of what Egypt had provided back at that time? If y'all thinking about the Lord, your God, not going to work. You have to go to work. That was the psychology of ancient Egypt. To get the Israelites to do what? And it worked. To deny the Lord God was coming to save us. To deny at this at the time in Egypt that God was going to save us. To throw us into that mindset. So brothers and sisters, uh, my two hours that has elapsed right now. As we come back now and look about denying Christ and the reason why we got to put on a new life, and I'm, I'm going to start this on, on Thursday, the reason we got to put on that new life and be, and be born again, that we really need to come back and understand, it's not just being baptized in some water. It ain't the fact that we just, that we just call ourselves Israelites, but the lifestyle. What is really a priority? What is really important? We got to come back and look at. We got to come back and, and, and reexamine. Lest, we, lest the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches wind up choking the word. And we wind up becoming unprofitable for what God's purpose is, for what God wants done. All right, brothers and sisters, uh, I do want to thank everybody who had a chance to tune in. Uh, whether you called in live at 646 or uh, uh, if you're able to join us uh, at www.blogtalkradio.com, uh, forward slash Mashallah, or if you have one of the archive shows one of, uh, in, in our library um, at ISBHBK Bible Talk on iHeartRadio Podcast, on Apple iTunes Podcast, on Google Podcasts, or even Podcast Addict. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please tune in tomorrow uh, here at 10 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time uh, for Tazapot Tuesdays, Tazapot Tuesdays, Tazapot Tuesdays, when every Tuesday. Uh, he'll be uh, uh, at the realm, at the helm uh, tomorrow, uh, having an, uh, another outstanding uh, class as, as, as he's going through the history and everything. And don't forget to check out ISBHBK um, Houston, uh, which we are uh, uh, on YouTube tonight, or uh, ISBHBK uh, San Antonio, all right? uh, uh, some of our, our, our channels that we have uh, on YouTube. And with that, uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. And for ISBHBK Bible Talk. Uh, my name is Mashaba, and I'd like to say shalom.
Yahweh is one. 